Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is that time again, ladies and gentlemen. The marketing geeks and the fashionable chic are back once more. I'm Andros Sturgeon. And I am Justin Womack. And we have Gwendolyn. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm I'm traveling right now, fellas. So last time. Always traveling. Well, I know. Last time we uh, had our podcast, I was actually in uh, the Netherlands. And I had a chance to visit uh, Andros. And uh, I'm in a new location tonight. Where are you you this week? Well, this week... um, you're not going to believe where I decided to go once I left uh, Amsterdam. I said, you know, it's been a few years, so it's, I'm due. So I ended up in London, and I, I'm having the best time. The best time. It's been so long since I've been in London. The only problem is I had really big plans for tonight to meet up with some friends. And you heard about what happened a few hours ago in Clapham Junction. Uh, just like Andra said that people, you know, jump in front of the trains in the Netherlands. Well, I don't know if this person jumped in front of the train, but a person died and was hit by a train. And so, uh, you know, really? Waterloo had, you know, just thousands and thousands and thousands of people, you know, backed up and the trains had to stop. And so I just messaged a couple of my girlfriends and we had plans for tonight. And because the trains are behind, it's like, mm, I think I'm going to be reading a book tonight. Now, so. now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when we discussed this in the Netherlands before that we determined that it was actually the Dutch mafia that was pushing people in front of trains and they weren't actually suicides. Is that there, what's going there on? There are no London? suicides. You know, there are no I suicides think, in the Netherlands. I think it could just be, from what I've seen, having to dodge buses, bicycles, motorcycles, cars, trolleys, trains. It could just be that people are just so burnt out from having to dodge traffic that they just say, I can't freaking take it anymore. And they just walk across the street and, you know, decide, yeah. hey. If or I if you're, you know, if you're, if you're texting and walking, it's easy to accidentally fall in the train tracks. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it's, it's a sad day in London though. It really is. And I, I don't mean to make fun of it, but my plans, um, and somebody lost a family member. So that's very sad, but, that's uh, I, I did get a chance yesterday to visit the tower again. And I, I have an interesting story before we start, because I was at this nice little bar, um, very close to the tower bridge. And, I, of course, don't drink, so um, I decided that I was just going to order my ice water. And uh, anyway, this guy came up to me, and it was the creepiest thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. This guy came up to me, and he was he was smoking good looking. I mean, he was tall. He was dark. He was handsome. He was he was dressed in, in faded denim, brand new black shoes, nicely polished. I've taken notes. Nice black belt. Poli- I mean, everything was polished. And then he had a white t-shirt with a navy blue blazer. And the blazer was cut perfectly tailored. So he comes up to me and we start talking. And, you know, he's got the, the sexy British accent. Everything was like just blah, really nice. And then he says to me, um, Gwendolyn, he said, uh, I'd love to add you to my collection. 
and I'm thinking, holy shoot, what, what collection is that? And I was like, uh, okay, uh, what what exactly do you collect? And this smoking hot, intelligent guy who engaged in a great conversation with me for like an hour while I was sipping my ice water, wink, wink, uh, pulls out of the inner inner left breast of his blazer a Ziploc baggie. Well, it took me like maybe three seconds for it to register, but in the Ziploc baggie were fingernail cuttings of women's fingernails. Oh, no, no. way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah, hope you so, gave it to him. I mean, tell, uh, me, tell me that you <laughs> cut your nails and gave it to him right on the spot. I hope so. I freaking ran for my life, Justin. I was like, ah, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. I meet one of my girlfriends on the other side because she was chatting with this other guy who wasn't as cute as this guy, but I, oh. obviously this guy had big mental issues. Uh, now, I said, we, how- we need to get out of here. And she goes, what do you mean? I'm like, we have to get out of here. And so thank That's God. Straight serial like, killer. Straight exactly. So, so I, said, I said to okay. her, we need to get out of this bar right now. She's like, why? I said, it's it's a matter of life and death. And she's like, really? So I'm like, yes. And so thank God she had the wherewithal to look to the right instead of the left, because I'm in the habit of looking to the left, because I would have got hit by a car in London and been killed. And, huh. you know, people would be like mad because I'd be backing up traffic while the trains are backed up. So, uh, you know, we got out of there and uh, it was it was pretty scary shit. It was, okay, it was here's the question I have. Here's the question I have. So so first of all, how many fingernails would you uh, estimate were in that bag? <laughs> That's a great well, question. That you know what? That's really good. It's like how many? It's like during Easter time, how many jelly beans are in the jar? Well, this was like a Ziploc baggie that would hold a sandwich. Okay, like a, a sandwich sized bag, not the you know, not the core or liter or whatever. Depending like on the a foot long sandwich or a yeah, it was just a, a, like a slice, of, two slices of bread, a peanut butter sandwich. Okay, and it was three quarters filled. Nice. Okay, so what I what I want to know is this: is is obviously. There are some women who fall for that line because at some point, some of these women have voluntarily given up, hopefully given up their fingernails. But Andres, unless unless he's doing it like, you know, he's using social proof. So maybe he just those are all his fingernail clippings. And then he's just showing it like, (laughs) look, this is what other people have done. So he's using our influence tactics to help get more fingernails. You know, he could be the only thing that was kind of um, would go against the whole social proof theory, which I, I, I certainly feel is is definitely something that, you know, he could be trying to market. Uh, many of the nails were colored with polish. So unless he's polishing his nails, then cutting them and clipping them. And there were different sizes. So, you know, he's not going for just the thumbs or the pointers. But uh, yeah, so I don't know how much longer I'm going to stay in London. If I see this guy on the street again, I'm probably going to well, get on a plane and I'll know- be in country soon here's another theory perhaps he was doing a bit of market research and he was doing a test marketing campaign to find the perfect woman because he has this fingernail fetish and eventually he's asking enough women one of them will be like oh you have a bag of nails oh my god i've been looking for someone like you my whole life you know know what i'm saying like yes it might just be a test marketing campaign for geeks i I I can't make this up I want to know his conversion rate on this. That's a that's a good question. <laughs> because because what are you gonna do on Tinder? You're gonna be like, PS, I have a fingernail clipping fetish. Please like wear <laughs> nail polish. Like, 
How do you find that? I guess you know that's a good way to yeah. You carry the test bag market. With you. Your... So you carry the bag with you, and then it's a, then it's clear, and that's a great it's a great opening line too. I mean, I feel a little bad for this guy. I mean, I feel like you just kind of cut him out there, Gwendolyn. <laughs> I know it could have been a match made in heaven. You don't know. I mean, I... you could have look. You could have given up a, a fingernail or two, and you might have been like, oh my god, I'm way into this. Like you know, you don't know. Don't knock it till you try it. Okay. Well, listen, I I can't make this stuff up. I mean, the world just happens to me. These crazy things happen to me all the time. And I'm, I'm glad that I can share them with two geeks who don't get out of the house and don't have any fun. You know, you know what? Not all of us could make their millions early being a a marketing entrepreneur and uh, travel the world. I do have some some work. I do have some work to do while I'm in London. I'm, I'm doing some work for a big company, you know, with my background in education, they've asked me to do some some teaching. Uh, so I'll be teaching uh, some of their CEOs some some leadership behaviors and practices that hopefully will help with uh, some buy-in of the new millennials that they've hired. But that'll be another episode that we can talk about sometime. Uh, but yeah, so I do have a little bit of work to do, but you know, the work that I do is so minimal compared to the excitement and adventure that I have. Just remember to go easy on millennials because by textbook definition, I'm on the on the upper echelon of millennial myself. Yeah, but if it goes by height... You know, I don't think you're millennial. You know, I was just thinking about how tall you are and I can still get into a pediatrician because of my height. <laughs> I, I kind of believe that. Now, are you are you classified as a little person by definition? Because you're under five feet. Isn't that the cutoff? I've heard like I've heard mixed things about this. I don't know. Andros, you saw me last week. Did I look like a little can, person? Can I'm, I'm a, normal. Can you get a handicap placard from the DMV? That's my real question here. <laughs> no, well, I, you I'm know, almost five feet, like maybe 4'11 and three quarters. So you, can, you can ride on almost all of the rides at Disneyland. Yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah. I went on a really <laughs> cool ride, though, when I was when I was in the Netherlands, and it felt like I oh, was free falling. Yeah, I felt like I was free falling. I was at one of the the carnivals or whatever and um i i actually felt like i was skydiving it was like oh yeah i was i was on that ride with you that was that was that was crazy oh oh yeah you were on that ride with me that's (laughs) right oh yeah i guess it gave you brain damage (laughs) (laughs) well we're uh i think it's time to uh to shift gears here i think it's time to start talking about what we're talking about and ladies and gentlemen we are on week two of a three-week LinkedIn series, and you know the World Series ah. of LinkedIn. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, part two of our uh, profile on LinkedIn. Now, just just uh, before we begin, uh, the uh, this podcast is brought to you by little got to pay the bills. The LinkedIn Mastery Course, and the LinkedIn Mastery Course is a free. Uh, webinar that we, uh, Justin, I, and uh, Gwendolyn are all doing on August 1st. And uh, we are going to give any any of our listeners who wanted a free uh, overview of their LinkedIn profile. And it's a really great uh, way for you if, you're, if you've ever wanted to really know about LinkedIn, uh, know how to have a master LinkedIn profile. We have a free webinar that uh, we want everyone to participate, all seven of our listeners. So we hope you're all there. Um, And all you have to do is do what? What do you have to do? All you have to do is go to linkedinmasterycourse.com and click the register now button. And uh, we will be doing it on August 1st. Uh, Check 
we we have listeners all over the world, so just check the uh, check the time. It'll it'll adjust to your time zone, so you know when the when the webinar will begin. And you know we spend a lot of money on this sponsorship spot, so uh, so you should really take action on it because you know it's not cheap to have an ad on our podcast. That's right. That's right. It takes at least you've got to know some people, uh, you know, somewhere along the lines. Now, I I just want to give a big 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 shout out to one of our seven listeners, Christopher Lewis. <laughs> who uh, actually reached out to me on LinkedIn. Super awesome uh, for doing that. So thank you if you're listening. Uh, Thanks, and uh, Yeah, and he said that uh, our, our podcast was fun and informative. So, um, uh, and he wanted to know, he, one of his requests our was podcast? that we, yeah, our, believe it or not, our podcast is wow. fun and informative to wow. some people. Um, so, so one of the things that he requested, and I'm sure he's not the only one, is he would like to have some sort of website where we uh, have like notes about each episode. So guess what, folks? That's going to happen one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're building it and not me. <laughs> so I, I have taken... Did Chris volunteer to do that for us? Is he trying to market and get a job? No, but what I've done is I've taken the request and I have forwarded it to the appropriate uh, the appropriate department. No, what, what we'll do what we'll do is we'll build a we'll build a little like a hub which will have links to all the various ways you can listen to the podcast, and we'll have some extra descriptions. Maybe we'll throw up some bios, things like that. So yeah, we'll we'll put that together. Just don't put a time tape, don't put a timeline on me, but we'll get that out. Yeah. But eventually we're going to do the whole Patreon thing and all of that. If we ever get eight listeners, that's what we'll do. The women who live in London, I'll be happy to uh, forward a picture of the man who collects nails so you can stay away from him when he offers to buy you a drink. <laughs> or or if, drink if that's your fetish, if that's your thing, then there's a man out there that's waiting for you. He's perfect. Speaking <laughs> of which. And Gwendolyn has a picture. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, on the last episode, Andros and Justin tore apart my LinkedIn profile and they told me, they made fun of my picture. So I spent this week taking pictures and sending them pictures of myself and said, okay, you know, which one should I put on my LinkedIn profile? But none of them were good enough. Too much background. Um, no, no, too busy. no, no, no. But two of them were actually let, good let's... enough. There was just one of them that we didn't like out of the three you sent them. No, actually, actually, they were all good enough. Uh, probably just not for LinkedIn. So, so you're, oh, okay. You're, okay. So Gwen, Gwendolyn is going to rebuild her LinkedIn profile from scratch. I am. And, and when, when that is done, then uh -huh. we will, we will, uh, you, yeah. we'll have, yeah. we'll have a coming out party. A we will. Coming out party. We will. And, and the thing is like, I realized that my picture is pretty bad and, you know, it did look like I had like really heavy eyes and I was exhausted and there was like, but, but I just can't, you know, I, I think I need a professional photographer. Now, is that an important thing to invest in? No, actually, that's a great question. Uh, you do not need to invest in a professional photographer because you have a cell phone in your pocket. And the nice thing about it is that that particular cell phone has literally millions of dollars worth of research in the software that makes the photos look great. You the only thing that I would recommend like the pictures, those three pictures that I sent. So I could not use any of them. Oh no, we you can use any of them for a completely different reason. Okay. Uh but but uh but I the, the photos were great. They were just they were just a little too much. Well, Andres, what I would say is um for listeners I, I don't know how it works over in your part of the world, but in the United States uh, we have something called Groupon or Living Social 
where if you want to get professional headshots done and get them done really cheaply, you could hop on one of those sites and usually like JCPenney or Sears or a few of these um, retail stores that are dying and about to go out of business, they will offer deals on their photography studios. And you can really? get, and, and what's nice is like when you go to a professional photographer, you're going to dress, you're going to dress the part. You're going to, you know, you're going to be in the right mindset. So it can be useful, but Andros is absolutely right. I mean, the technology okay. on your phone is is plenty okay. sufficient to create a, a professional yeah. headshot. Just, it's just that. Just don't use too much beautification because that looks weird. And, um, you know, I mean, I mean, you could always go on Craigslist and that's how I found my proctologist, except <laughs> when I found him, I was like, why are you using your office behind this alley? And yeah. Why, 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 why do I see both your hands while you're giving me an exam? I don't understand. And on it. Craigslist, it's like a 50, 50 proposition on Craigslist where you're, you're either going to get like this awesome photographer, or you're going to get this guy that wants to collect your fingernails in a, in a bag. <laughs> it's a crapshoot. You never right. know. Well, you never know. Thanks for clarifying. And I'm glad that you didn't totally hate the pictures, but I am starting over. My whole new LinkedIn profile will be up and running, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. About about the same time we get the website up Good. For, for marketing geeks. So uh, I build websites, yet it's probably going to take me about a year to get the marketing geeks website going. But I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at the top of my. It's it's kind of like you know ask the ask the carpenter's wife where her bookcases are or the shoemaker's wife where her shoes are. You know, it's the same sort of thing. It's true. But but I but I love our our seven listeners. So I'm going to uh, make sure that we. Uh, we get that going, and especially the ones that uh, reach out to me, like Christopher Lewis. Again, thank you for being one of our seven listeners. And uh, and uh, connect with us on LinkedIn. Let us know how you're doing. But we're going to give you some tips because this is part two of our three-part LinkedIn overview for how to use LinkedIn for your marketing purposes. And one of the things that I want to cover right now is a little secret weapon that I use now, just to give you an overview, if you haven't, uh, if you're just tuning in is, uh, I moved to the Netherlands about a year ago. And, uh, part of my decision to move to the Netherlands besides the election was that, uh, I, I wanted to see kind of what opportunities were available to, uh, to me out here. And so what I did was, uh, I just started browsing LinkedIn to see if there were jobs available. And lo and behold, uh, thanks to a myriad of things, including Brexit, including uh, a couple of things, the, the, the economy here in the Netherlands is booming and people are hiring like crazy. And so uh, I just started to investigate to see what, what it would take to get a job out here. Now, one of the things that I did in order to, and this is what I recommend to everyone out there, if you want to get a job in a different location, Location, you have to change where your location is on LinkedIn. So it, it, it there's a little there's a little tiny uh, portion of LinkedIn that that asks you where are you located. So I changed my location first of all to the Netherlands. So I said I was based out of the Netherlands. And what this did is whenever I started putting out uh, my my uh, CV as they call them here or resume, and I started connecting to different uh, job opportunities, then they would see that I was actually located in the Netherlands, even though I was not. So wherever you want the job, number one, change your location to where you want that job. Number two, the thing that you need to do is you need to show every recruiter that your job requirements, like the, what they're looking for, fits what you put in your LinkedIn profile. So uh, do you want to do you want to elaborate on this, uh, Justin? Um, 
I'm going to let you take this, but yeah, just to just to emphasize this, what what Andres is going to talk about in just a, a moment here is how you can update your summary section, your headline, and your prior job descriptions so that they match what uh, the job that you are looking to get. So a lot of this is kind of looking; it's forward thinking. So uh, Andres, in his example, he knew he was moving to the Netherlands. So he, ahead of time, changed his location to the Netherlands. He also knew the type of job that he was looking for. And so he's going to talk about how he researched the job qualifications for the type of job he was looking for, and then how he kind of reverse engineered those and entered them into his summary and into his prior job descriptions. So, uh, Andres, I'll, yeah. let you, I'll let you talk about it. But, um, yeah, go ahead and uh, tell them right. the I real secret. I'm a little, a little confused, Andres. So basically you're telling – our listeners, all seven of them, to lie. I mean, because this no, is when no. you know how moral I am and 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 upstanding <laughs> yeah, citizen. Yes. And I, you it's know, true. the fact that uh, you know you would actually say to deceive a future employer that you're living someplace where you're not living that just doesn't well, make sense. Well, in his case, I mean, to be fair, he had already committed to moving over to the Netherlands ahead of time, so I, I think it's it makes okay, sense. Okay. Okay. Because think about yeah. it this way: if if uh, if an employer is searching for potential candidates, they're going to start with a local search, and if you if he's still located in the U.S., then he's not coming up even on their radar. So by switching his location exactly. to where the actual jobs are and where he wants to work, he's he's now on the radar. And eventually they're going to have an interview and they're going to get all the details through the interview process. So this is really just opening the door um, to, to get that interview set up or to get that first contact uh, taken care of. And that's important because if you don't know somebody, like the reason I'm in London is because I know, you know, this fellow named Lawrence who works for this company and wanted me to, you know, come in and do my thing. But if you don't know somebody... Yeah, that's how you make the connection. I get it. I get so it. So that that's that's a really good point. So the second point is this. I had no connections in the Netherlands. I had nobody in the Netherlands. So what I did was I went I just looked up CEOs. I went into because I have a paid subscription to LinkedIn. And uh, which if you're looking for a job, you definitely want to pay for your subscription to LinkedIn. And I just looked up all the HR managers and all the CEOs and I just started connecting with every one of them randomly. And before you know it, they started connecting with me. And as you know, with LinkedIn, or maybe you don't, when you connect with one person, then you connect to their entire network. So all of a sudden, an HR manager who starts looking at my profile goes, oh, he knows uh, uh, he knows Bos, and Bos knows uh, uh, Patrick, who knows Martijn, who knows, uh, you know, all these other, Jurgen, and then they, they all, you know what I'm saying? So... So once people see that you have connections in common, it starts to open up the world a little bit. So the first thing I did was I went to the Netherlands and I just started connecting randomly to HR people and CEOs, right? Until my network in the Netherlands started to grow. And then I had several hundred people who were part of my network. Does that make sense? Yeah, except here, instead of looking for Martens, we're looking for Tom, Dick and Harry's. I get it. That's right. Right. That's right. Which is better than looking for Tom's Harry Dick. <laughs> Sorry, could not resist. Anyway, so so look here. I mean, maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's your thing, or fingernails. I don't know. I'm not here to judge. That's not my. That's my, not my job. But uh, but but, the, <laughs> but the, <laughs> honestly, I can't make it up. Let's let's get back to this this LinkedIn because so, I need to know how to build my new profile. Okay. 
So here's the thing. When you look at your LinkedIn profile, you're really telling a story, right? And the reason why we called our, our course the LinkedIn Mastery Course is because you are developing a state of mastery with everything that you do. All the skills that you've ever acquired, all the jobs that you've ever had leads to one point of mastery. And that point of mastery is what you represent, right? I mean, on one hand, resume is French for bullshit. But on another hand, you, 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 a certain amount of puffery isn't bad, especially when it comes to LinkedIn. You want to be honest with your skills, but you also want to be able to tell that story. So here's a perfect example of what I did. Uh, one of the things that I did was I went uh, in 1998. I worked for a, uh, a website called L.A. Tribe, and I was a restaurant reviewer. And so for a very long time, my, that particular job just said restaurant reviewer for the Internet. Right. But nobody hires restaurant reviewers for the Internet. But you know what they hire for nowadays today in the year 2018 is content creators. So I went back in time to my job when instead of being a restaurant reviewer, I became a content creator and I reformatted all of my job duties. So content creator was the exact job that I did. And then further, uh, soon enough, I was doing, uh, I was writing infomercials for the internet before YouTube came online, before these other uh, things came online. Viral marketing was done just through email. And so I worked for a company that would make these three minute films that they would create in Flash and I would write those scripts. So for a long time, it said script writer for the internet, but nobody looks for that, but they do look for content creators and marketers. So again, I changed my job uh, description. Now, how did I do that? This is secret weapon number two that I'm going to tell you. And this is one of the best pieces of advice. If you never listen to the show again, because you hate my voice, then, uh, then I will tell you, this is the only thing that you need to pull away. Number one, go to this website. It is glassdoor.com. Glassdoor.com is a job aggregator. They aggregate all sorts of different jobs from all over the world. Go to Palo Alto, which is where Silicon Valley is, or whatever area that you uh, you think that that the job market is best for you in your particular job market, and search for your job. If you want to be a marketer, then search for marketing jobs. If you want to be a programmer, if you want to be a bartender, it doesn't matter what that is. Look for that job on glassdoor.com. And what you're going to see is all these jobs are going to show up. Now, one of the, the tasks of an HR manager, the most important thing that they have, is to write a job description so they get the right candidates to come in. So they go to school for this. They have thousands of hours of training to write so they can write the perfect job description. Find the job description that suits your ideal job. And then look at the at, at the tasks, like look at the, the, the duties that you're going to have to do on that job and then find the ones that you know you can do. Copy those and paste those into your job history with whatever job that you have. Does that make sense? Well, you know, I just went on Glassdoor. It's my first time on. I'm a Glassdoor virgin. And I have to tell you that um, I put in the word director. Because I like to be in charge, mm -hmm. you know. I, I I don't know if you noticed that, Andros, but like I no I, way, yeah way. And so I put in director just to see what come up. And I think you have to be more specific in your search because I've got director of professional development, childcare director. I've got director of finances. I've got nursing director, director of maintenance, director of uh, BPO right. sales. Right, definitely have to be more specific. Everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so okay. so try okay. this. 
try this. Try putting putting marketing director. Glass see what door. Happens. Okay, I like this. So what's nice about this while you're pulling that up, um, Gwendolyn, is that the, like like Andres alluded to, these are uh, HR professionals that are putting these job descriptions together, and they're paid big bucks to do it, and they're they're putting in a significant amount of market research wow. ahead of time. So you're wow. you're borrowing their research, and you are then positioning yourself well ahead of the competition to at least get your foot in the door and score that interview because that's the so jobs you there's the there's actually. Not only that, but this is cool. I put in marketing director. There's a position for marketing headhunter in Princeton, New Jersey. It pays up to $110,000. Uh, easy apply. I don't know what easy apply means. But there's also one that says hot next to it. And it says marketing director director Irving, California, pays up to $139,000. What does hot mean? Does that mean it's a, a it, new hot job? Yeah, it's a new hot job. Now, the other thing, if you notice, is that uh, the nice thing about Glassdoor is that it puts the salaries there so you can yeah. see how much you'll be making, right? right? So so now what you can do is just select one of those jobs on the left-hand side, and on the right-hand side, it's going to have the job descriptions. And you'll see, like, some of them are written really badly, but the ones that are written really well is like, oh, I could do that. And it's also kind of self-affirming because you go, oh, my God, I can do all of that stuff. So what you do is this. The next step is you take those job descriptions and you go back in time to all of your jobs, right? Everything that you've ever done, even if you were running a hot dog stand in on Coney Island as a teenager, and you take those job descriptions and you start putting it in your job history. Because as you move up, right, your, your job description, the keywords of what you uh, do are going to be aggregated and the AI algorithm that helps run LinkedIn is going to start feeding your profile to recruiters who are looking for people with your state of mastery. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do have a question though. Um, okay. How do you, in Glassdoor, uh, how do you narrow down the place you want to live? Well, that, that depends. I mean, if you're already living in New York or you're living in, you know, you like where you're living, then just look, look, you know, look for jobs. Well, with Glassdoor, what you want to do is you want to look for the most populous areas. So for instance, whenever I update my profile, I always just look for jobs in Palo Alto because that's where I know where, you know, Facebook is there, Pinterest, like, you know, Google, all of the jobs are going to be like in that area. So I look for jobs and I know they pay the highest as well. And I know that the HR people are going to be top notch and they're going to write the best uh, job descriptions. So I, that's where I, that's my go-to, but you don't have to do that. Like if you, if you want to be say a, uh, a teacher, uh, you know, just think about like where the best schools are in the world and just, again, look up that particular area, look up whatever job you want to do. And then, start to aggregate and pull away those particular, and sometimes you might just find one line that you're like, Oh, that line is good. And that's kind of what I do. I'm going to borrow that. And, and Gwendolyn, I'm not sure if this was your question, but you can filter the search by the location. So if you, if you, if you go in there, you can actually search by, um, you know, Los Angeles, California, Irvine, see, California. Yeah. Well, because Andros had mentioned earlier about the location being so important in his LinkedIn profile. I thought it was something that I wanted to mention, but, uh, well, I'll, I'll put it to you another way. Let's say that you live in podunk nowhere, right? And you know that, that although you like living in podunk, Hey, I don't have any problem with podunk nowheres. Some people that suits them very fine. 
Uh, and so you like where you're living, right? But let's say it's just a smaller area and the pool of employment is a lot smaller, right? And you know that that whoever that HR person is isn't going to necessarily be writing the best job descriptions. You want to go to the most populous areas where they're paying the most amount of money. And that's the job descriptions that you want to take because, again, you're gleaning from other people's, you know, 10,000 hours of mastery being an HR person, knowing how to write the perfect job description. You're taking their uh, knowledge and you're integrating it into your job. Well, what's interesting is I because... put in marketing director, but yet content strategy specialist comes up as well. Mm-hmm. And now what's... that's an interesting point. I just, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but, but I just want to touch on that because there is another phenomenon because again, content strategy specialist is a newer term. So if I put content creator, that might not be as good as content strategy specialist. So one of the things that you do want to do is you want to go back uh, over all of your job descriptions and you want to revamp them every year or so because there's new terms that are coming up. And even though it's the same job, there might be the, the, the vernacular around that job may be changed well, just a little if, bit. If that's the job you want. This. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If that's the job you want, Gwendolyn, then yeah, you're going to want to adjust your profile according to that specific job. So if you if let's, they're using that terminology, then go back and, and if you have a job that meets those criteria, they go back and change it to match that because then you're on track for um, getting the interview well, for that specific job. Well, here's the thing. This one's in New York, New York, and it pays up to $211,000. All of the ones that have to do Woo! with marketing pay up to like 150. So all of a sudden you change the name to content strategy specialist, uh, associate director, and you're talking, you know, well, well into six figures. So, you know, not knowing that when you're doing your search, not knowing that maybe the names have changed uh, is important. So I think people have to do their homework. So my question to that would be, is 211,000, is that above the poverty line in New York? Actually, in New York City, you probably <laughs> would be able to get a one bedroom, one bath with no pets allowed apartment. That sounds about right. San Francisco is pretty pretty similar, but I think New York's even above that. It's so crazy. <laughs> but you know what? Crazy. The city town. never sleeps. It's well worth it, baby. Okay. Yeah. Well, they better give me a raise. <laughs> so. Well, thanks. This has been great. So, so... I, I, you know, I'm learning so much from you two geeks. Yeah. Thanks. So, so the secret weapon, again, Glassdoor.com, look for your ideal position in the most populous areas where they're paying the most amount of money, look for those ideal jobs, and then take small bits of content from the job description and place them in your job, uh, whatever your job history is, whatever your duties were on that job. So constantly update it because they always like, it might be the same thing that you were doing uh, is, but it was just called something different back in the day. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that, that what I see with most people that uh, I, I help and I, um, do a consultation with is that they usually have the same issue where they put a minimal amount of information with each job that they've had. And the thing is, is that the more that you round out what your job description is, the the more information that you put in each job description, the more the AI algorithm is going to like you and feed that information to prospective recruiters. Makes sense. I just, I'm just still shocked that, you know, instead of putting in marketing, I could, you know, put in a content strategy specialist and, 
up my salary a hundred thousand dollars. I'm shocked that some guy wanted to get your fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still shocked well, about you know, that. My fingernails were just polished, so maybe that was it. <laughs> I don't know, but I do do know that after we record tonight, I, as I go to sleep, I'm going to be staring at the ceiling, thinking about that's an interesting pickup line. And I <laughs> does it work? Yeah, <laughs> doesn't work. I mean, it depends. I mean, for me, it scared the holy shit out of me. But there's there are probably women out there that are really turned on by that kind of a, a man. But my girlfriend and I, like, honestly. <sighs> there was no other way to describe it. It was truly like the peanut butter commercials. I mean, I said, Skippy, Peter panics in my eye. Let's get out of here in a jiffy. And we were out, you know, we were, we were (laughs) totally a peanut butter sandwich and we were in a a cab in no time. But here we are, here we are talking about this guy on, uh, on the most famous podcast in the world and giving him (laughs) all kinds of publicity. And so, I mean, isn't there a saying that, you know, no press is bad press. All press is good. It could be a serial killer. So, you know, maybe I'm onto something and I'm helping the authorities. No, no. Let me tell you something. If that if that bag was filled with mayonnaise and human teeth, that would be a whole lot of <laughs> Yeah, maybe he worked for like some uh, you know makeup company, and he was just uh, showing you some samples. I don't know. <laughs> oh man! So the moral to this story is uh, connect with us on LinkedIn. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm serious. Like like uh, if anybody wants to, please all of all of our seven listeners. Uh, connect with us on LinkedIn. Uh, Andro Sturgeon is my name. Uh, and you can uh, just look me up. I'm the only one there. And uh, connect with me. I would love it. And and reach out to me. Ask me questions. I mean, we, you know, I've had a few people ask me questions, and I will answer all of your questions. I will get back to you. And, uh, you know, and of course, we're going to do our LinkedIn Mastery Course on August 1st. If you go to LinkedInMasteryCourse.com. And if you're like me, use a spell checker for the word mastery because otherwise you'll go to the wrong website. Maybe we should buy the, uh, the alternate spelling <laughs> just for you. Just for you. And I'll, for, I'll forward it to the other <laughs> site. <laughs> yeah. You're too kind. You're too kind. So um, anyway, so yeah, we we have we have the uh, fabulous uh, the fabulous uh, LinkedIn Mastery Course uh, profile maker uh, module that we're going to be doing on August first, and it mm. is free to every one good. of our listeners. All you have to do I'll is go and register. Yeah, can't be free. So I've got I've got a, I've got another secret oh. weapon. And uh, Justin, why did you take this number one? two? I'm not even sure what secret weapon we're talking yeah. about. Why don't you Why don't you tell me what it is first, and then I'll get up into it. Wait a minute, is your head in the clouds, Justin? <laughs> My head's always in the clouds, Gwendolyn. I live in the I, clouds. But is it in the? I live in the clouds. clouds. Is it in the? Come on, clouds? come on! You know what the next topic was? Your head was is, in the clouds. Get your oh, head out of the clouds. Look at you! Look, you, look at you! Look at you cueing me. When you're six five, your head's always in the clouds. Look at this. You're cueing me and I still miss the signals. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. The secret weapon number two. <laughs> this was all set did up. You, I knew did exactly. Did you get it, Andros? Andros, did you get it? Like I had the perfect lead in there for him, I'm, the perfect segue. I am I am right next to you, Gwendolyn. I am I am right there in London. with you. Thank you. Man. Boy, yeah. boy, With a am, bag I, of human am I teeth red right now? It's so embarrassing. But yes, the secret weapon number two. Are you ready for it? Want... Drum roll, please. So turn off. You know, turn off your. Uh, close your windows. Get everybody ready. I'm going to tell you a secret. The secret is this: word clouds 
wordcloud.com. That's right. Wordclouds.com. That's where you oh, get so <laughs> Tell us about wordclouds.com. So what, relaxing. What I've never been to wordclouds.com, but I'm going to try it right now. So wordclouds.com is an awesome site. What, what you're going to do, you're going to, there's going to be a couple steps here, but ultimately you're going to grab all the text from your profile. And what it's going to do is it's going to create a visual diagram of the data. So it will actually take the words, it'll create a visual diagram uh, with all of the words from your profile and it'll, the words that show up the most frequently, so these are words that are uh, repeated oh. and are featured, are going to be larger in size. So this if, is so cool. So, I'm looking so, at it right now, and yeah, something so, calls it a wordle. It's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> this you is can like change, you can change so, the so shape, you, so you can actually like, you can shape it like puppies. a cat. Yeah, yeah. Kittens and puppies and babies, and now I've got a little wordle here. I love it, Justin. But beyond the cuteness, it's not just cute; now, it's also practical. Go ahead, Andros. Now, the reason why this is important, yeah. And so, so if you if you go to the LinkedIn Mastery course on August first, we'll we'll actually show you firsthand how to do this because uh, it's kind of hard to show you over the podcast. But uh, basically, what you'll do is you'll take all the text from your LinkedIn profile and you dump it into a word cloud and it will make a shape of whatever you choose. But the biggest words within that word cloud, because it, it basically, the, the more you use certain words, uh, the bigger certain words will show up within the word clouds. The most used words will show up. And it's up free. The and what, and it's free. And what it does is it gives you a visual representation of how the AI algorithm of LinkedIn sees you. So for instance, if I'm a recruiter and I'm looking for a content creator or marketer or director of content creation strategy or whatever those specialist. things are, then strategy specialist, then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna enter those keywords in and whatever keyword shows up the most, those profiles are gonna be fed into my, uh, into my, into my queue basically. And so uh, if, if I'm an HR person using LinkedIn, then the top people that show up are going to be people who pay for LinkedIn. That's why it's important to pay for LinkedIn if you're looking for a job through LinkedIn. And it's going to feed me the people with the most amount of skills that fit that and the most amount of keywords that fit my job description. So do you see yeah, how this Andres, all comes together? Have you together? tried this with your 100 questions to ask yourself before making an important decision and then find out what keywords keep coming up? <laughs> Shoot, that is a good idea, girl. Uh, what 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 uh, Gwendolyn is talking about, this is, uh, uh, um, I hate going on tangents, but I'm going to do it anyway, um, is you uh, if, uh, if, you, if you need an important, I love them. They're my favorite. The, the, I'm, I'm like the tangerine tangent man. Um, so, so if you are faced with an important decision and you want to figure out, do you take that job, uh, to be the, uh, head of sales or the content marketing specialist, whatever that thing is, uh, write down a hundred questions and just write them straight out. Don't think about it. Just put pen to paper and write a hundred questions that come to your mind. And you're going to see that there's a pattern that starts to develop. Um, and what you'll, you, you, it's a good way to kind of get an idea of what your psyche is doing. So what Gwendolyn just suggested is do that, but then take those hundred questions and then throw it into the word cloud algorithm and you can see what is and most have, on your mind. You'll and actually have a wordle. That. And so if you have the wordle, then you can share it with the world and it, it would really identify what 
you know, what your, your, your wants and desires are, I would think. Let me, let me make two points here to, for, to clear, for clarity for the listeners. Uh, the website that we are sending you to is wordclouds.com with an S at the end. It's plural. So wordclouds.com because okay. there's a couple variations of the same kind of, uh, of website. And, and number two is, is that um, the easiest way to do this is when you go to your LinkedIn profile next to um, when, you, when you actually view your profile, there's a way of actually saving it as a PDF document. So if you save your LinkedIn profile as a PDF, what it'll do is it'll grab all the text into one simple spot. And then you can just press like control A to select all that text and paste it into word clouds. And it just makes it a lot easier than having to go uh, section by section and having to copy and paste everything uh, individually. So when we do the actual webinar presentation, we'll, we'll visually demonstrate this process. And I think that'll be more clear. Uh, but in the meantime, know that that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, so on August 1st, we will show you exactly how this process works. We're going to show you all these process. Plus, uh, the uh, the best thing that we're going to do is we're going to give you the uh, – we're going to do two things. We're going to go over the 10 most sought-after jobs that, uh, that recruiters are looking for right now. So we're going to clue you into that. And we're also going to give you three top secrets that people – uh, overlook and will give you an advantage in uh, getting a better job and making more money that uh, nobody knows. But we have cracked the the code with this, and we're going to share that with you on August first when we do. The and you won't believe secret number two. You won't even believe secret number two. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And I, you know, I'm I can't make stuff up. I'm not easily astonished, but I can't believe this. It's it's true, and you know what you're all, uh, also going to find you're going to not believe what this celebrity looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what's really cool? I could actually upload a PDF of my resume into Word Cloud and see which words keep popping up. Oh, too. do it totally. Yeah, you can use Hold you on. can upload Hold any on. text I'm, in there. Yeah, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to upload my resume and it's oh, look so at that! Cool. Fingernails is like the biggest. <laughs> word. That's, wow, that's so weird. Do you often go to London wearing a disguise, Andros? Because that. Uh, yeah, no, this guy was uh, tall, dark, and handsome. Didn't I describe oh, him? That's right. Okay. <laughs> you you eliminated him from contendership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tall, no, no. Dark, uh, well, handsome. Okay, well, next, please. I always tell people I'm, I'm tall. Left. I'm tall. One for three. One for three. <laughs> tall. Okay. <laughs> It's it's better to be thirty three and a third than zero, right, Andros? Uh sorry. Seven people now know, know that, right? Seven. Oh seven man, our listeners know I, I have no that. idea what you're talking about, but that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I laugh politely. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I love Glassdoor and I love uh-huh. WordClouds.com. It's they rock, and I I can already see where I'm gonna be playing around with these two two things in the next couple of days. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are again those are the two biggest uh, uh, hacks that I can recommend. And so again, you know, if you have any questions, something's not clear, find me on LinkedIn. I, I I literally will answer every single question from anybody who asks it. And I know except that for that good. one, you won't answer that one question. You're right. You're right. Don't ask me about Stan. <laughs> the million dollar question. Is that the million yeah, dollar what, question? Whatever you do. Do not ask me about Stan. 
listen, you have to keep it above board tonight because I'm I'm going to work for my friend Lawrence tomorrow. And, you know, if I walk in there and they know that I have something to do with the marketing geeks and they somebody's actually in London listening to this right now, <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be like, oh, man, Gwen, we can't take you seriously after listening to that that whole issue with the the uh, the fingernails. So, uh, you know, well, well, the good news is, is that this episode will be posted after that meeting. So oh, true tomorrow. OK, good, 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 good. Yeah. Sign the contract. Sign the contract, and then when they, oh, I already people, did. Oh Lawrence, my, God. my friend Lawrence took care of me. I'm good. Oh, then we're good. We'll, good. we'll close this episode immediately. Then. Okay. No yes. problem. No problem. I just hope. So, I just. Um, you know, it'd be ironic though. I walk in to do my my presentation, instructional presentation with the CEOs tomorrow, and I I actually see the guy who wanted my fingernails working for that company. So would that not freak us out? That'd be so great. Like, oh. How, how ironic would that be? Because that's ultimate, my luck. The like, ultimate my life, my life is a Seinfeld episode. I'm telling you. Oh my it god, could it's beyond that. Listen, I, you, you, when when you were visiting me here in the Netherlands, you told me some things that I was just like, no way did that really happen. I, I, I mean, you told me. You know what you told? I, I, I can't, I can't tell the story. I can't, I can't do it. But you told me this story about something that happened in an airport changing room, and I can't I, make that. I can't make that shit up, can I? That 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 just blew my mind. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. you know, the changing rooms are are for children, and you know, I'm an advocate for children, and you know, there's certain things I just can't make up. Yeah. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> But if you message me on LinkedIn, I might tell you that story. But just don't ask me about Stan. <laughs> <laughs> so, geek news. Do we have any geek news before we close out the episode? Justin, you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, either and I. But next right. week, we're going to do our full review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, have you followed the, the MoviePass whole uh, situation right now, recently? Are you familiar with MoviePass? I, I, you know what I, they have, they have one here in the Netherlands, but each individual chain has their own version of it. So I pay 26 euro a month and I get to see every movie IMAX. There's no blackout dates, but, but you've been, you've been kind of following this. So why don't you just kind of roll yeah, out what it's interesting to me is. because it's a, it's a weirdly structured business. Um, and it's right now. Okay. So there's a company in the U S called movie pass where you pay $10 a month. You could see a movie a day. Um, for so for ten dollars a month, you can see a movie every single day. It doesn't matter what it costs. They send you a debit card, and they preload the debit card with funds every time you check in. They'll load it with the necessary funds to buy your ticket. So it's uh, it's interesting because I, I assumed that they that meant that they had some sort of arrangement with the movie theaters. But the more I've been researching this company, they have no arrangement with the movie theaters. They're paying full price and they're just bleeding and hemorrhaging cash right now but they're building up a massive membership base. So they have 3 million users right now at $10 a month. Plus they're projecting to have 5 million and, um, and their stock is tanking. So their stock was about like $2 a share recently and it's dropped down to 11 cents a share right now. So it's at like 11 cents a share. That's how far it's dropped, about like 98% drop. And so the question is this, can a company that hemorrhages cash like that make a turnaround um, because what they do have is this, they have a big membership base that they could advertise to. They have a big membership base that they could sell. You know, if, if a movie studio came to them and said, I want you to promote my movie, they have a lot of 
clout, considering that they're buying the tickets for people. Um, and then they also uh, they have an analytics firm behind them, so they could sell the data to the movie theaters. But the question is, is that enough to keep that company from going bankrupt when you're hemorrhaging millions and millions of dollars every single month? So it's interesting. I've been following it pretty closely. Uh, I actually did buy a little bit of stock when it dropped to 15 cents, but it keeps dropping. So I, I don't know if it's a if it's a good investment or if it's just going to be a total crash. But I figured it was worth a you know worth a shot. Why not? Uh, but it, it's interesting. So what do you think, Andres? Uh, I think I think that um, you know they could just end up. You're right. They could just end up selling the data for parts, and yeah. um, that's it. I think that they didn't. They probably didn't expect people to take advantage of it. I'm sure in the market research that they did when they first started the the whole system, they probably uh, did the numbers and they were like, well, we know that the average person goes to the movies this amount of time, but they probably didn't expect people to just really start going to the movies. So it must be, I mean, maybe they have, um, it could also be that there's an influx of cash from the movie studios themselves because the movie studios are trying to get people uh, into the theaters to inflate the numbers because most of us are just Netflixing and chilling. These well, days, what they do right? have is they have leverage now because now they've changed the game for people. I mean, 5 million people, is a significant amount of people using the service, right? So they've changed the game now where people are going to be used to not paying for movies. So if they go under, uh, it's probably going to hurt the movie theaters pretty bad. So they actually have some leverage in that if, if movie pass goes under, people are now used to not paying for movies again. And it's going to, it's going to be a transition back to paying, you know, 10, 11, $12 a movie. So uh, they do have some leverage there. So it'll, it'll be interesting. It, to, it might just totally crash and burn. And we might just uh, go back to equilibrium state. But I, I, I've been fascinated by the whole thing anyway. Well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I'd be on How long is the average movie? Is it more than an hour? Because I can't sit for more than an I'd hour. I'd say the average is an hour and a half, 90 minutes. Yeah, see, Gwendolyn, you got to understand something about Gwendolyn is that she uh, is like, she's not a geek, like a like a dynamo. She somehow no, wandered onto this well, show where she's not even a geek. It's totally disappointing. How can you I not know. be into the story? <laughs> it gives us it gives us legitimacy to have her. It does. On. That's, it does. Too I just I just feel like she doesn't like the Empire Strikes Back. She doesn't like the Empire in a movie or. If I move, if I sat in a movie theater for an hour and a half, I'm not burning calories. I'm not uh, thinking. I'm not taking a new knowledge. I'm not reading, and I'm living somebody else's story. So I prefer to be the story. Yeah, and and considering that you can read an entire book in an hour and a half, which is like Gwendolyn's the fastest speed reader. I've I can ever read met. Like, like a months. chapter in an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, you know, the compliment, but it's something you have to work really hard at, you know, uh, just like anything else, you get really good at it if you practice enough. So if you practice skiing, you become a good skier. You practice shooting foul shots, become a good foul shotter. (laughs) You practice. What what are you trying to say? Are you trying to accuse us of not working hard enough? Is that what you're saying? Well, Maybe you're not reading enough, you know, if you if you spend a lot of time reading and you have some strategies and you when I was 17, I took a course in speed reading at a university. It was one of the first semesters I was in the university and uh, I kept practicing it. I was like, I am not going to let John F. Kennedy, John Fitzgerald Kennedy be a faster reader than me. 
Uh, not that I had any ambitions to be president of the United States or but, you uh, know, any other country. But, you know, if anyone could, if anyone could, I know. Oh, yeah. Wendell, I would totally vote for you. You would? I would totally vote for you. Oh, oh my God. In a sec- I would, well, at this rate, I would vote for a St. Bernard. <laughs> Heidi, <laughs> Heidi. Okay, well, write uh, my name in next election, okay? Oh, you got it. You got it. You got it. Well, um, uh, I think we're going to wrap up here, but next week, what we're going to do is we're going to finish our uh, our LinkedIn trilogy, and we're going to do that by going over the final portion of it, which is the importance of your uh, your headline, what Ooh. that means, and how to get a headline, how to create and master a headline. How to get ahead with your headline. Notice. That's right. I could make such a joke right there. Just please, please go ahead. No, tell the joke because I think I already know what it is and I want to hear it on the, I want to hear it on the air. No, 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 but you know what? Don't hold back. I can't believe you held something back. You might not come back after that joke. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when somebody says, you know, the N word, it's like, why you got to say it? Cause now I'm, I've got to say it in my head. Cause you know what I'm thinking? Like, that's ridiculous. Or if I, I say, you know, the, well, if I say that's effed, you know what I'm, you know what I'm, you know, you know, or I don't give a flying F, you know what I'm saying. No, no, yeah, no, but no. I, I don't. I miss the other one. All I know is that, you know, when you start looking at copy, you want people to say yes. So how do I get That's you to true. say yes to tell the to tell the joke? Why say well, no uh, when it feels so good to say yes? So you guys, just to close out, you guys did hear what happened to the head of Papa John's, right? Oh yeah, yeah, he got voted out of his own board. He's no longer with the company. Yeah, but but you, you know how that happened, right? Oh yes, no. yeah, you mentioned no. that a second ago. Yeah, he was he yeah he he basically on a conference call to some marketing people, which was being recorded. He used some very, very racist terms, and everybody was shocked. And basically, he came out and said, "Well, you know, that that was taken out of con- it wasn't taken out of context. <laughs> it's like you were on a conference call with your marketing people, with a bunch of other people in the room, racist." Sometimes so, I, sounds- I I wonder I wonder how these people make it so far in life, and then like. I mean, and they're such asses. Is yeah. mind blowing to me. I just don't understand how like that's such a dumb thing to do. <laughs> well, yes. you know what the, the the times they are a change in, and uh, all I can say is, I don't know. It's 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 uh, as the Chinese curse says, "May you live in interesting yeah. times." And now Papa that's... John himself, whatever his name is, John is no longer a part of Papa John's. But you know what? That's okay because we are the marketing geeks and we will never use racist terms here. I think because... it'll it'll end up being Papa Jill's. Let's let's make it feminine. Oh god, and I we'll, hope so. We'll still get fired by our own boards, but for totally different reasons. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. You know what? I, I want to get fired for bad behavior. I think that would be great. I'll put that on my LinkedIn profile. Okay, everybody. Come back to us next week for the thrilling conclusion, part three of the Marketing Geek Saga on LinkedIn Marketing. Make your word cloud. Your word cloud, baby. I think I'm going to make mine the shape of a kitten. Good, good. So from the Netherlands, this is Andros Sturgeon. From Camarillo, California, Justin Womack. Stay classy. And from London, England, Gwendolyn. 
Bye, everybody. Peace out. See you next week. Cut your fingernails and put them in a bag. <laughs> and tell 500 of your closest friends about the Marketing Geeks podcast. <laughs>